Welcome to the lowdown. Twang Tuesday, Patsy Cline singing the theme song for the Edmonton Oilers. What a crazy year. And they play a road game at home tonight as Leafs fans pay a premium to watch their beloved TML. I think it's kind of crazy. Also, can you believe how much everything's warmed up? Are you feeling a little bit like dizzy from the temperature change? Does that does that impact you at all? Well, when the weather got cold, I have asthma, right? So when the weather got colder and the air got a little bit thinner, I was wheezing a little bit, a little hard to breathe. I was getting some headaches. Now it's you know it's settled a little bit, and I'm feeling okay. But yeah, the the, the weather change, the sharp weather change like that, having a bit of a blender. Yeah. No, I'm not dizzy though. To answer your question, I'm doing okay. Anything else you want to share with the class? No, it's her about me. Uh, ready to start the show. If you said that to Mrs. Andrews, what she was she says do it for your family or something, wouldn't she? She. She, yeah, she would probably say something along those lines, or or she might just keep it brief and say we don't want to hear it. Uh, oh, one of those that, that's really good. I like yeah. that. I got to remember that we don't want to hear it. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details when you go in. There you go. Daniel Nugent Volman from the Athletic will join us. Lance Hornby from the Toronto Sun talking TML. And you can text or call us 1-833-401-1440. Also on Twitter, at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. Declan's already uh, speaking, spoken his piece. He, he talked out of turn. I was acting, asking the question of everybody, and he jumped right. I couldn't stop him. But I will say hello again to him because apparently mic time is important to him today. Hello. Is that what you were doing? No. See, sometimes... I, I asked you and you jumped in. I just decided to turn on you like a stoat. I, I feel like I've got your inflections down pretty well and I can tell when you're putting a question out to the audience and when, when you're putting a question out to me. And that one felt personal. That one felt directed to me, so I thought I better jump well, in. Well, you know, I, I feel, I've always been more comfortable with a two-person show. And I do feel like there are people out there who probably relate to you. You're young. Uh, you have more in your life going on. So I think that the sooner we get you into the show, we brought in Patsy, we brought in the intro, we thanked our sponsor, who we love, Wolf GMC Buick, and then it's sort of you, you know? Yeah, I guess I'm the missing piece of the puzzle, right? I don't, you know, I don't know if I, you know, if I move mountains when it comes to the but show, it, but if I can resonate with someone a little bit out there, I'm happy. It's, it's like if the Stones, they have a song, how long before you hear Keith Richards' signature guitar and Mick Jagger's voice? Not long. Yep. You know? It's true, they have a formula. Damn straight. You so know? who am I in this equation? Am you I? can't be waiting two and a half minutes for Mick. You know, Doris Day with Les Brown Orchestra, sure, but not Mick. Well, just tell me I'm Keith. Well, it doesn't matter. They're both rock and roll legends. So, you know, I don't know. I could have picked Trooper, but I decided, I decided we're worth the stones today. All right, uh, Oilers 10 in a row. Uh, this is a tough test. Toronto Maple Leafs not only are a really good team, an offensive juggernaut, they are also not happy. They're They're... Th- things are coming apart a little bit. The runnings run out and the, the engine's blown a little for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the goaltending's not right. They've shuffled some lines. I think they're going to be okay. I believe they'll be fine. But they're right now, I think they're a little more desperate for goaltending than the Oilers. And a month ago, that was not the case. You know, they, they have some interesting guys. They got a guy like six foot 500 who is... I think going to be an NHL goaltender. They brought him up just a little bit, not long. But the Toronto Maple Leafs are a fascinating team to me because I was all in. I thought their previous GM, Kyle Dubas, was was brilliant. Uh, and now they have a more traditional general manager in Mr. Tree Living. So 
this deadline is going to be fascinating because there's talk on the street. I feel like I'm in an Eagles song. There's talk on the street that a couple of guys, Marc-Andre Fleury and maybe somebody from Boston, could be in the mix depending upon what could happen. Now, there's no way on God's green earth that Boston is going to trade a goaltender to Toronto just in case they end up in game seven down by three or four and they need to come back and beat Toronto in that game seven. But Flurry is interesting. I'm going to ask, uh, I might ask both guests because Daniel knows a lot about the NHL, but I'm going to ask Lawrence, Lance Hornby for sure from the Toronto Sun. What kind of assets does Toronto have to, to flip here at the deadline? It's a, it's a question you can ask about any team. You know, Edmonton, whatever their name is, Edmonton has a first round pick in 2024 and a first round pick in 2025. And so they go into the deadline with what the people want. Now, if you're Toronto, let's just say you pick up the phone and they say, Marc-Andre Fleury, we would, we would like him. What, what would you like? And Minnesota says, well, among other things, the first round pick in 2024. Now, this is Toronto's situation. They don't have a second this year. So if they traded the first, they'd be drafting first in the third round with the Islanders pick because they've already traded their third round pick too. And next year, the 2025 first and second round pick and fourth round pick are gone. They, they have traded a lot of stuff. Edmonton is no screaming hell. They've got issues as far as assets available, but they do have their 2024 first and second round pick and their 2025 first. It gives them a little more oomph a little more torque during conversations, I believe. So we'll talk to both of our guests about that today. I think that's an interesting thing. New third line, did you check that out yesterday? With with uh, um, Evander Kane moving up to the second line, which we, I think we all I know Jason Greger mentioned it, that, that he felt that was going to happen, and now it looks like it has Kane up on the dry side of the line. Now you move McLeod down, but Ryan taking the faceoffs. Interesting, right? I didn't mean that to be like facetious or, or cynical. I meant it, it is interesting. Sometimes I say words and I don't mean them that way. It's like when you're trying to wish somebody good luck because something serious is happening and you go, good luck. It's not that you mean it like that. It just comes out that way. But I think that third line that we saw line up yesterday was interesting. We'll see how long it lasts. That's the other thing. You never know, right? It could go could go very quickly. It could be like three shifts into the game and McLeod's back up with Dreisaitl. You never know. Condors play tonight. On my blog today, I, I went over all of the wingers in the NHL and in the AHL. And I will say this to you. Drake Kajula and Raphael Lavoie are two possible recalls, but I think it would have to be several injuries in before either gets the call. Uh, Ken Holland hasn't, hasn't you know, recalled... Drake Kajula, although he leads the team in points. And that means the options that he has here now, he considers to be superior. Raphael Lavoie has appeared twice, like two different call-ups, and found a little bit wanting. They don't put him in a high, prominent position. They, they're they bringing him along, but he's not there yet. So I think it's going to be trade. I don't know when the official gong or bong, is it? I guess I shouldn't say bong. I don't know when the official gong goes or Corey Prairie being signed, but it sounds like Frank Sarvalli is all over it. Frank is very connected. Uh, there's been all kinds of talk all, everywhere. Bob's mentioned it about Corey Perry. 
and about him signing with the Edmonton Oilers. Don't know if it's going to happen, but it's where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's exactly what Ken Holland does. Famous guy. Does he have enough left? We're going to find out. I mean, if he signs here, we're going to find out. That's why when we talk about goaltending, and I don't think they're in the Marc-Andre Fleury sweepstakes, but look for the most famous guy in the minutiae, the gray, because it's all shades of gray. Nobody knows who's better than anybody else. It might be Calvin Pickard, but I think the Oilers will make a move for a goaltender. All right, it's 12.09. We have a very busy show. We're going to do rumors. We're going to talk about the goaltending situation. We're going to talk about the big signing out of Chicago. I think it's a good signing, Jason Dickinson for the Blackhawks. And that's all coming up. But right now I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, who last night, I said their secondary was loitering, and that's true. But I think the lead story today has to be Kelsey retiring, wonderful center, what a player he has been for this organization for exactly one forever. So Kelsey's retired. They they have Graham and and Fletcher Cox on the defensive side, older guys. Lane Johnson on the on the offensive line with Kelsey. I think I think they need to retool both lines because the secondary has been ghastly. But part of it is that. The Eagles, a Sweat got a, a, a tackle last night, and they said it's like his first one since game nine or something. So that tells you he's been double teamed because they can. And I have to worry about some of the other elements. When the Eagles were winning the Super Bowl, when the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl, they had fresh legs. And if the guy was a little older, they'd pop him out and bring somebody else in, give him a rest, give him a blow. They didn't have that this time around. The Eagles, to me, looked done this incarnation of the Philadelphia Eagles to me looked done. It'd be wrong. And I know a lot of people are down on the quarterback. I don't get that. I think he's a very fine quarterback. They had a, obviously a big injury on the on the uh, wide receiving core. Didn't get done. Didn't run as much as I thought they would. And give credit to Tampa Bay. I don't think they're a brilliant team. I think they'll lose next week. One thing I am glad for as an Eagles fan is they're not going to have to play this coming week, because they'd get torched. Oh, my God. I wouldn't watch the game. That's how bad it would be. Do you have any thoughts, sir, uh, with your gigantic football brain about the game last night and the game yesterday where the uh, Bills won? Well, I'll start with the Bills and Steelers, and I'll keep this brief. Um, not surprised. I, You know, was this the most... Was this the most foregone conclusion of the wildcard playoffs? I think it was. No disrespect to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but when you can't pressure the quarterback without T.J. Watt, you have to rest on your laurels of being an offensive team that can move the ball, and Mason Rudolph just isn't a good enough quarterback to do that. They just don't have the weapons. I thought the run game was stale. I thought it was the is, Bills. Do you think maybe his name being Rudolph is the problem? It, it certainly doesn't help. Okay. It certainly doesn't help. But no, listen, I mean, again, I've said this a hundred times. This will be the last time I say it all season. Congrats oh, no, to the Steelers. No, because they're out. They're out. Oh. We don't have to talk with them anymore. Congrats to the Steelers and how they were able to finish the season 10-7 and seven and get into the playoffs. Mike Tomlin's done a great job. But this team is in such a purgatory. This is a team that every single year is good enough to be 9-8, 10-7, sneak into the playoffs as a 7-6 and six seed and get absolutely walloped. 
every year they don't have a good enough draft position to truly restart their franchise. As good of a head coach as Mike Tomlin is, and I think he's one of the top three, maybe top two coaches in the NFL, I think they are stuck in a position of purgatory with him because they're never going to get out of this cycle because as good of as good as a coach he is, he doesn't have the capability on his roster to get further than where they're going right now, and I think they need to do a reset there. Buffalo, they did fine. They did what I thought they were going to do. I think the game against Kansas City is going to be great. As far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, I thought Jalen Hurts had an inability or a hesitancy to move the ball downfield that I really hindered him. I thought they abandoned the run game five, six weeks ago too much, way more than they should have, I guess I should say. The Philadelphia but Eagles. Don't you think part of it is that their offensive line is just not getting it done? Well, I think that's certainly part of it. And I think, you know, Father Time is undefeated. And you look at the guys like some of the Hall of Famers, Pro Bowlers you've mentioned. I just think there comes a point when yeah. the bones get brittle and you can't move the same way you used to. And I think we've seen that. But I still think they need to stick. They needed to stick with the run game a little bit more than they did. They didn't did. even get the tush push for the two points. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're, no. like that offensive line looks decrepit for lack of a better word lack of a better phrase i uh, listen shock surprise i don't think anyone thought the eagles season was going to be like this the nfc south was the worst division in football the tampa bay buccaneers walked in on the back of a poor division and credit to baker mayfield what he's been able to do with i think seven head coaches it is now two playoff wins and he's done an incredible job for being counted out in his career but the story of that game is not what the tampa bay buccaneers did it is what the philadelphia eagles did not do the yep. expectations were so high they failed, and now you have to wonder what the future of the team is going to look like. Well, I think – now let me ask you this because this has been asked of me, and I don't have a clue. I know Chip Kelly's not coming back, but do you think it's possible with Hoodie out there that the Eagles make a coaching change or at least contemplate it? I Well, listen, I think this year, if this year proved anything, it is, it is that Nick Sirianni was way more reliant on – Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon than he wanted to admit. I think the lack of his two coordinators who left for head coaching jobs this past offseason really hurt him. Can Nick Sirianni be a guy who can find coordinators within his coaching circle to elevate the team and get them to where they need to be on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball? I'm not sure. Do I still think they're going to give Nick Sirianni a bit of a leash? Yes. It's the, it's the classic adage. The grass is not always greener. This guy did get you to a Super Bowl. You would think you have the talent constructed on your roster, even though the lines are older. I'll, you know, I'll give you that. But you have a quarterback you just paid a lot of money to. You have two great receivers in Brown and Devontae Smith. You have some pieces on the defense you could build around. I still think he has a bit of a leash to try and turn this thing around. But if this season happens again next year and they go 11 and 6 12 and 5 and they're bounced in the fashion they are now that's when i think we really start to talk about nick sirianni being out of there yeah it's like it seems really soon to be punting him he that's went to the super saying. bowl a year ago right he went to the super bowl a, a year ago and what if the alternative comes in and they go 7 and 10 next year because one thing about nick sirianni is that he is at least philly he is a Philly guy. Yeah. He is a guy who can coach in that market, coach to that fan base, can resonate with the culture. I know I talk a lot about culture when it comes to head coaches, but I think it deserves to be said because culture is something. Football is a lot more than X and O's. X's and O's are very important, but being able to build a culture, resonate with a fan base, resonate with a market, resonate with your players in that club means something. And I think Nick Sirianni can do that in Philadelphia. Okay. It is 1216. We've got a very busy show for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to have uh, NHL rumors at 1240. Daniel Nugent-Bowman from The Athletic at 120 today. And on the way next, Lance Hornby. That's right, from Post Media. We're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, 
A little bit of a tweak in the lineup today. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the deadline, goaltending, and more next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Twang Tuesday. Now, that's twang from, like, 1950? Maybe 51, 52, a long time ago. I wasn't even born then. That's how long ago it was. Thanks for tuning in. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. And in conversation right now with, uh, from Post Media, Lance Hornby, talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. How are you, sir? How are you, Alan? Uh, very well. So it looks like, uh, based on your tweet earlier, looks like a little bit of a tweak and an important one for the Maple Leafs, as, uh, as you say, 16 and 34 reunited. Yeah, there was a uh, last couple of games. Uh, I'm sure people out there uh, have uh, have noted with the Leafs coming into town that uh, success has sort of uh, eluded them in terms of uh, you know forward line chemistry. Uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner broken up the other night uh, against Detroit on a back to back. There was two or three changes, uh, as a matter of fact. So uh, anyway, uh, given the uh, power versus power potential of tonight, uh, Matthews. And Marner back together again. Although the uh, the uh, the wrinkle is Pontus Holmberg, sort of a unknown in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, pretty good soldier. Uh, it's been third line, fourth line. They've uh, he's been the victim whenever any new guys have come in, and they've had to push guys down to the Toronto Marlies. Uh, he's finally getting some recognition and a couple of goals. Uh, good digger in the corners. Uh, decent finisher. And so that's something to uh, to watch tonight uh, for sure. Keeping in mind, of course, Edmonton has. Uh, Last line change, but uh, I think it's going to be very interesting game uh, based on, uh, as I said, uh, star power on both teams. You know, and uh, I've always liked what the Maple Leafs have done. They have, the, as you say, the star power, Matthews and Marner on the top line. But usually, and often it comes from Europe, sometimes college, uh, there are some plug-and-play, inexpensive value contracts they can put in there, a la what the Penguins have done with Crosby. And that's important, right, because you, you don't want to have – all of your cannons necessarily uh, on one line. You'd like to have one player maybe o- on the top line who can can handle it, but isn't making a bazillion. So you can move a, a little bit of the offense down to the second line. Oh, oh, for sure. And with the Maple Leafs, by greater extension, uh, their issue is uh, too many uh, eggs in one basket in terms of the, sal- the salary cap. And you added that next year with the ninety-two million dollar deal that. Uh, William Nylander uh, signed uh, uh, last week, so they've uh, they do have uh, they're, they're trying to split all that up uh, as best they can. I mean, it's uh, the league power play really is something to watch. Uh, not necessarily having the success they had uh, last year, and of course, uh, you guys at Edmonton are no strangers to uh, what uh, really good talent can do uh, up front. But uh, Nylander uh, playing tonight with uh, Tavares and Matthew Nyes, who was uh, on the on the left side with uh, Matthews and Marner, drops down to his uh, his wing. So it should that wing with uh, Nylander and Tavares. So uh, it should be interesting. I mean, it will also come down to uh, you know some pretty good play on the the third and fourth lines, which uh, Edmonton is certainly. Enjoyed with its recent success. Uh, Toronto uh, has uh, has had some production issues with some of those guys, especially the new guys, uh, Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi, even sort of hot and cold. So uh, this is a uh, first look uh, from the fans out west at uh, what these two guys have, have brought to the Leafs. So uh, it will be an interesting evening. Lance Hornby, our guest from Post Media on Sports 1440 in the Lowdown with Low Tide. Uh, Lance, I, at some point, a player gets so famous that that sometimes I think fans roll their eyes when they're mentioned. But I, you know, I, I think one of the stories that that I mean, it gets a lot of publicity, but it's worth talking about again is Austin Matthews with 33 goals in 40 games. Now he, that means he's been relatively healthy the first half, 
and he's scoring it at really historic rates for this era. And, and you know, sometimes I think people hesitate to talk about it because he's so famous and people are kind of tired of it. But even if you are, this is a great story. Fair? Yeah, you know, I mean, the big thing with Matthews, uh, and, you know, along with the accolades you mentioned there, it just really hasn't... Uh, uh, really grabbed the team by the horn sometimes and, 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 and led them the way people would expect a player of that uh, caliber and that uh, certainly in that salary range to do. I think you've seen it a lot with, uh, with Connor, obviously there uh, getting the, the team, a couple of playoff rounds in uh, there was, you know, uh, not to take away from the fact Austin played very well in the playoffs last year, at least in the first round, Toronto finally getting uh, past there. And of course uh, they ran into a pretty good uh, team in Florida, uh, so there's there's this, always a thing that is you know it, it can Matthews also be a leader and John Tavares won't be around uh, forever. I think the captaincy will eventually move to uh, to him, uh, you know, in the next uh, two or three years, depending on what uh, what happens with Tavares beyond the next contract. So I, I think that's where people want to see the uh, the growth in, in Matthews. But I, you know, to, to your point, I think people here, especially in Toronto. Are sort of spoiled. I mean, this is a this is a wonderful team to watch. Certainly, the most uh, exciting Leaf team in my memory of uh, covering this team almost uh, 40 years. And uh, unfortunately, because of the uh, lack of playoff success, uh, it really really aren't getting their due. But for the six months of the regular season, this team is uh, is quite uh, you know quite a treat to watch. Uh, the way Matthews can uh, can can shoot, can skate. I don't think he's in the speed category of of McDavid, but uh, certainly he he gets better year to year and uh interesting uh that he's you know there's sort of been the back and forth with, with him and connor and the uh, and the rocket richard trophy looks like uh matthews at this point but uh you know we, we saw last season how uh you know, mcdavid responded so i think it's it's you know i think this kind of a competition this kind of a game tonight especially will uh be one that uh elevates matthews so uh, we'll have to see a puck drop uh jones start tonight in goal Yes, uh, you know he's he's uh, Martin's been a, a very good uh, a very good addition to the team. Uh, a quick history lesson: Toronto, uh, you know, with all the goaltending injuries they've had, were uh, have lost a couple of uh, or gambled on some uh, you know some goaltenders uh, getting through waivers didn't work. They gambled on uh, Garrett Sparks being the next uh, great thing, and he didn't work out. So uh, the fact that the uh, new GM Brad Treliving was able a to get Jones and then have him get through waivers has been a big thing. And they uh, ran into uh, injuries with, uh, with Joseph wall and then uh, some uh, breakdowns by uh, Ilya Samsonov and uh, you know, Jones comes in, he wins four or five straight and suddenly the ship gets righted again. So he's been very, very important. Uh, No surprise at all that he's starting tonight, even though Samsonov came back, played pretty good against, um, you know, uh, on, uh, on on the weekend, uh, had the game against Detroit Finally, his first uh, game and first decent game back since uh, well before New Year's. But Martin Jones, a pretty steady guy. You know what you're getting, but uh, the Leafs can't think they're going to uh, roll with him all the way through. They're getting Joseph Wall back probably after the All-Star break and uh, will be an interesting match, especially if Samsonov uh, recovers as well. Uh, You know, it'll be, you know, they haven't had the luxury of having a really hot goalie going in. They've had to switch a couple of times last year is when uh, Samsonov got hurt and Joseph Wall got thrown in. So, uh, it will be quite interesting, uh, especially the way that uh, Dennis Hildeby, their young kid in the in the farm, is uh, is playing as well. They called him up for a couple of games as well. He may factor into this before it's all over at the end. 
Hildenby is interesting to me. I go. I remember Johnny Bauer. I also remember Paul Harrison. So I know it's you know feast and famine sometimes. But <laughs> but Hildenby just fascinates me just due to his size and and how he's. I'm not saying he's been stealth, but but don't people don't talk about it. He's he's got a nine eighteen save percentage in the AHL. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, you know what I mean. The big thing with him, uh, pardon the pun, is is his height six seven. His nickname is the Hilda Beast. Uh, you know, Toronto uh, not known for developing goaltenders uh, other than James Reimer, and now uh, you know uh, Wall, as I mentioned. But uh, this kid, uh, even though he's only been in North America a few months, uh, lots of poise. He uh, he's not just big. He uses uh, you know he's he's got great side to side motion. He's he's an older kid. And, uh, you know, I was totally on board with not rushing him. Everyone wanted to see him when Samsonov uh, was faltering. But, uh, you know, next year may be his time to shine. But uh, anytime you can develop a goalie within your own system, that is so much better for the uh, the franchise in general because Toronto has spent, uh, you know, untold millions and untold uh, resources trying to land the right guy. So a uh, final area is, uh, you know, we assume there's a possibility at least Toronto will, will do something with the goaltending and, and add at the deadline somewhere. They have their first round pick in 2024, no second. And then the first and second next year are gone. Is that first round pick this year coming up in 2024? Do you think it's in play, even though it'll leave them a little bit uh, w- without much in the top two rounds for the next two years? Well, you know what? I think they've uh, they've done a lot uh, of dealing, as as you've mentioned, uh, probably against you know Kyle Dubas when he was the general manager here for a few years was very big on resources, and then uh, came to note that he did not have the uh, the horses when it came to playoff time, and thus sacrificed. Uh, some of those uh, some of those moves. Uh, it, it's it's interesting to say. I mean, you you think I would say yeah, sure. The pick is in play. They can easily get it back. I mean, they had to do that uh, last year. They uh, dealt Rasmus Sandin to Washington to pick up uh, the the selection they have now. I think, but uh, if they use it, I think it'll be on a defenseman, not necessarily a goaltender. I think uh, out of those four that I mentioned, uh, two of them I think will uh, you know uh, health uh, concerns aside, of course. They'll be ready to go. If they use that pick, I think it's going to be on a defenseman. And uh, that's a longstanding thing with not just the Leafs, but everybody. And, of course, yeah. the problem is everybody at the trade deadline is looking for defensemen. So uh, <laughs> that remains to be seen. Good stuff. Thanks for this. Appreciate it very much. Okay. Thanks for having me on, Al. Okay. There you go. Lance Hornby from Post Media. That was good. That was very good information we got. Leafs are a famous team. They always will be. In my lifetime, the Leafs have often been a famous team that's not very good and not very interesting. This is a very good team, and they are interesting. And, I mean, their their top two lines are loaded. And in some ways, they're similar to the Oilers. They're top-heavy. Uh, they have great expectations. The fact is that that winning a Stanley Cup, the next team to win a Stanley Cup in Canada, will will live forever in infamy. And uh, what's that Fred Shiro line about uh, win today and we walk together forever? Whoever wins, the next Stanley Cup winning team, because remember, it's been since 1993, I believe. I think I'm correct there. So that's like 31 years, if my math is correct. 31 years. This is the home of hockey. Canada, you know, Basically, we pride ourselves. When I was a kid, there was one American in the NHL, Tommy Williams, Boston Bruin winger. That was it. And then a few more arrived later, Lou Nanny, Stan Gilbertson, on and on and on, yada, yada, yada. But 
When I was young, it was like one guy. And sometimes when he wasn't in the league, there'd be nobody if he was on the injured list. So I, I just, I, I feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers, in order for this era to make any sense for hockey fans in Canada, they have to meet in the finals. They have to. I, 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 I don't know how Gary's going to do it, but somehow the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs have to meet and solve all family differences. You know, it's like the Godfather, only, you know, without weapons. But I, I, I can't think of a better storyline. You know, Scott Young's not here to write about it, but other than that, I can't think of a better storyline than the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers in the final, Game 7, I don't even care where they play it, Game 7, overtime, and the whole nation is barely breathing. And maybe it could be like 34 degrees Celsius outside, and nobody in Canada is outside. Nobody. Everybody's watching the game. And there's hate watching, and there's fan watching, and it is nutso. Oh, man. If you're a bar, that's your dream. And a nightmare is if that's happening and you're a bar and you run out of beer. But that would never happen in Canada because we run out of a lot of things. We would never, ever, ever run out of beer. We roll our eyes because he only has one more goal than Reinhardt, LOL. Hank Williams, what an influence on popular music. I asked yesterday, I'm going to ask again, does Petrov move the needle moving forward? even as just an asset. Not yet. Um, the Edmonton Oilers right now, and I, I I think there's a sense of among the fans to blame somebody, but I don't, I don't think blame can be attached. They have so many young forwards, and specifically young wing, wingers. So you've got Borgo, who's the first-round pick. You've got Raphael Lavoie, who's the closest to the NHL. But then you have Carter Savoy, who's played very well in the last 10 games. And then you have Matt V. Petrov, who in all honesty, had a great year, and this is his rookie pro season. And you have Tyler Tulio, who's more of a two-way type, but he has skill. You got Jaden Grubb, who sometimes, or Grubb, sometimes he plays at center, sometimes on the wing. There's just so many guys. It's too many guys. And and it's too bad for a guy like Matt v. Petrov, but this is his first AHL season. I think he's played 21 games. He has three goals and five points. Now, in order to answer your question, Stamp Hater, I would refer you to the next, say, 60 days. They're playing like 30 games in the next 60 games down there in Bakersfield. That's going to tell the story for these young players. If if Savoy plays well, he's going to play more. If Petrov plays well, he's going to play more. If Borgo plays well, he's going to play more for sure because he's a first-round pick. We have to wait and see. Hey, you were right. Our goalies are playing pretty good right now, Terry from North Edmonton. I said it back when the, everybody was mad at Stuart Skinner. I said, "Whenever when, next time that you, that you have a goalie that you're frustrated by, this this I learned from Bill James, the baseball guy, and then also Rob Volman used to come on the, the lowdown back at the other station and talk about it all the time. When you have a small sample and the player is going crazy, especially goaltenders, because when goaltenders aren't playing well, it's obvious. When you have that, Go back three years, if you can. If you can't, you have to make less room. But if you can go back three years, even if it's AHL, and look at the player, and you say, in the last three years, as an example, Stuart Skinner played very well in the AHL and well in the NHL. And as a matter of fact, 
he saved the bacon of the Edmonton Oilers a year ago. So the odds were he was going to recover, and he did. End of story. Amen. Next time that happens, look at the resume. Look at the resume. If there's enough there that's positive over a three-year period, giddy up. Don't and, and if the guy's 42, then okay, maybe this is the end. Maybe we're reaching, you know, last chance Texaco and a little beyond and the, the engine is blown and there's no fuel and, you know, there's a big plume of smoke coming out from under the hood. But Stuart Skinner's not that guy. Yeah, baby Hank. See, people love Hank. You know, you were cynical about me playing Hank Williams Sr. Uh, I wouldn't say cynical. You said, who's that? <laughs> I don't know if I said, who's that? I was just, I didn't know if it was going to get said, the people fired said, up the way. You said, who's that old man? You said, and then you kicked me. Listen, I've played Enter Sandman before, and we've had people banging on the glass out here begging to get in so they can hear it for themselves. I just didn't know if we were going to get that same reaction with Hank Williams Sr. Well, you know what? But I was wrong. This is a this is a twang, twang city, so it's all good. Can we do like an Enter Sandman Thursday or something like that where we just play that song every break? <sighs> you know, you always have good ideas. Not this one, though. Okay, you'll think about I'll it. pass on that. All, all right. right. 1237 Rumors next. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Maybe my favorite album of all time. Five days in July. It had Bad Timing, which is a brilliant song. Till I Gain Control Again, which is a Rodney Crowell song. Great cover version. Head Over Heels, Five Days in May, had was, that song. Was Till I Am Myself Again on that album? No. Okay. No. That would have been, was that Lost Together it was on? I can't oh, remember now. Man, that's a song. Oh, they're just so good. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say I'm, best thing to come out of Toronto. Unless it was Gordon Sinclair or Harold Bell. I'm sorry, I tried. I tried. I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't say it. Say it all. Um, okay, lots of text coming in. I'll read a couple, then we're going to do the rumors segment. I had mentioned that Terry from North Edmonton had said um, that I was right in regard to the goaltenders, and then I talked about that, and he said, I was mad at everyone, just saying. Okay, I get that. Uh, Gruff says, speaking of running a bit on a beer, I once drank all the Molson Canadian that an Italian restaurant in downtown Ottawa had. They called me Molson Gruff throughout the night. LOL. One of my proudest moments. Have a vague recollection of the rest of that night. There are times in your life where you go, you do, as a young male, you go, okay, I, I, I was having a good time. I feel I've overdone it, and I, I, don't, I can't feel my ass. You know, have you ever had that? Have you ever had that happen to you? Well, I don't know if I've ever come away with that sentiment, but... I remember one time I was drinking red wine. I was at the the Uh-oh. the Ronde, and I was not paying for the meal. And the person who was said, do you like red wine? I said, not really. He said, you've never had really good red wine. And man, was he right. Oh, my God, it was so good. But I drank too much of it. You know, it's funny because I've heard that, and I'm not a big red wine guy, mm. not a huge red wine drinker. And I was, I, was having girl, I was having dinner with my girlfriend the other night, and she, you know, she likes, 
you know, cheap cab subs, things like that. But she got a really nice bottle of red wine. She was like, yeah. I'm going to treat myself, get this really nice bottle. And as she was drinking it, she said to me, she was like, you know what? I think you'd actually like this less than the cheap stuff. So I'm not <laughs> even going to bother. And I didn't have any, and she didn't offer, and it was all peaches. You know what? That That's a smart woman because she's like, this is too good to waste on this guy. A hundred percent. She knew exactly what she was right. doing. I always say, you know, if you walk in with a $300 bottle of wine, I will say, please use it on somebody who knows what they're doing. I am not that guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, if someone, if I'm ever having dinner with the king or a prince or a princess. Who are you going to be? You think you could rate with the king? I think we'd get along. But my point is, if I'm ever ever dining with him and he offers me a really expensive glass of wine, I'm going to have to say no because it'll be lost on me. Like, it just won't be worth it. Give it to someone else. You know, know, he was friends with Mrs. Andrews. I don't think you're going to be invited. If that's the case, I I guarantee (laughs) you I won't be getting an invite. Chicago Blackhawks have signed Jason Dickinson to an extension. I see online all the time. Any deal that happens, there are hounds online, mostly on Twitter, who are like, oh, it's a stupid deal. Okay. Understand it's an overpay. And uh, you have to worship at the Texas Instruments calculator, I get it. Having said that, do you remember in 2011 when Steve Tambellini said, I'm going to go out and sign some free agents to, to get some cover for these young players like Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle. And those guys were pushing the river. Uh, Hall was for sure. But he said, I'm going to go get guys. And you can't get guys when you're a bad team because the guys don't want to go there. Dickinson wants to sign there. Sign him. Pay him a little extra. And then two years from now, when you need the money, Bedard will be ready. I, I, I can't say enough that, like, it, there, it just seems like people see the number and then they don't think about what the circumstances are. Is are. I'm not going back to school. Whatever the sentence was supposed to be, you're just going to have to figure it out yourself. But I do think that was a good signing by the Chicago Blackhawks. Dallas Stars have called Matt Murray. There's so many Matt Murrays in the league, I've given up. I don't care who it is. It's a guy named Matt Murray. He's playing goal. And you figure out who it is. A lot of this is you figure it out today. I, <laughs> the, the weather's turned, and now I just don't care anymore, apparently. Uh, Calgary Flames have recalled Dustin Wolf. Um, there's a problem with Jacob Markstrom's back. It's the time of the year. People may be shoveling. I'm not sure why... Backs are going out, but uh, Winnipeg Jets have activated Kyle Connor. What a player. But Mark Shifley goes on IR, and Pittsburgh Penguins have placed Redeem Zahorna. Zahorna on waivers. Under the B, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Marc-Andre Fleury and about the Boston Bruins and about goaltending. The Bruins have two really good goaltenders, and if they wanted to, if they were of a mind to, I think they could get their center for one of their goaltenders. Uh, the rumor has it, this is uh, borrowing from Daily Faceoff, the rumor has it that they're they're edging closer to a contract extension with Jeremy Swayman, who I think is the future there. He's 25, 3.475, he's an RFA. You'll probably go long and deep. Linus Olmark, or Linus Olmark, Olmark has 5 million this year and 5 million next year. That's a That's a tradable deal. And you could get your center. By the way, the Bruins don't have a first, second, or third. So if they're going to get a center, they are trading something. Bruins are an interesting team. 
their drafting is – they drafted a guy named Mason Lorai. I don't know, remember when the year. And they didn't have a first, and he was off the board. And I remember going, what in hell are they doing? Because I do pay attention to the Bruins. And, I, like, when you draft that far out of order, I always feel like you you better be right. Like, you if you're going to draft that far off the, the page, like if Bob McKenzie doesn't have him listed uh, – you know, if if his you know photograph of the draft is a, a haircut that looks like he didn't know he was going to get his photo taken that day, then I'm going to question it. They drafted him 58th overall in 2020. He's in the NHL now, and out of Ohio State University and the Green Bay Gamblers of the USHL, he looks like a player, big guy, six five, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I don't know where they're getting hockey players down there, but they seem to be doing a pretty good job. So. Marc-Andre Fleury, the Otters can't afford him, but that's a guy who could get some value. And the Minnesota Wild, and it hurts me because I'm going to tell you something about myself. I love the color green. Blue is my favorite color, but in hockey, on ice, I love the color green. The Minnesota Wild uniforms, when they do the Minnesota North Stars look, are, are flat out gorgeous. They are just beautiful. And I'm colorblind. Maybe what I'm seeing isn't what you're seeing. But I love them. I would like to see Marc-Andre Fleury in the playoffs wearing that uniform. Up against, say, the Oilers. When the Oilers are on their way to meet the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup final. <sighs> Do you know how much great writing would come out of that? Because I think, a, I think a series like that would inspire everybody to write like more poetically. More like Scott Young. More like Thomas Boswell writes ba- or wrote baseball. You know, I think that's true. I don't know how Blue Rodeo has any fans left. They seem to talk everyone right to the ledge from Ed. Ed, I love Blue Rodeo. I sing the harmonies on bad timing badly, and I don't care. I love that song so much. There are there are songs that are sad that make you feel better in the end. It's like a good cry. I think. Do you like sad songs or do you not like sad songs? I like sad songs. Like what? If Give I'm in the right mood song. for Pull Me Through by Jim Cuddy is okay. my go-to sad song. Go. Very nice. I listen to it. Well, if we want to get really personal with it, I listen to it with my dad after my grandpa died. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, that'll oh, do it. That's like... I want to talk about a sad song and a sad situation. That's the King of Kings. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. think it'd take that dark turn, did you? Well, that's a tough one. There are songs yeah. I still don't listen to after my wife passed away. I just can't. And I think that's normal. I hope it is. And maybe there was one. It's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. There was one. I don't know what the commercial was, but it was everywhere by Fleetwood Mac just when she passed away. And I stopped. I, I started watching TV with the sound down. I just couldn't take it anymore. Music is very powerful. It takes you instantly to places. Well, it's like that one Sarah McLaughlin song that'll always remind you of those commercials with the homeless dogs. Yes. And I can't listen to that song and I can't watch those commercials. <laughs> so it's true. Two, two birds, one stone there by old Sarah. It's true. If you ever want to do a, like a, a flashback uh, with video to the 60s, anything you want to put on the, 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 the screen is fine. But if you play the 12-string guitar of the birds, either Turn, Turn, Turn or Mr. Tambourine Man, instant 1960s. Just happens in a heartbeat. There's a little advice for you, you filmmakers out there, and I know you're, <laughs> I know you're out there. Um, 
all that could have been from Nine Inch Nails. You like that one? I, I don't know if I'm too familiar with that one. Oh, my God. Rick says I edited my mom's funeral video to pull me through. Jeez. Wow. This is tough stuff. This is, we're going down a dark path here. We should probably, <laughs> we're, why are we doing this? Why are we doing <laughs> we this? Should, we should probably get back to hockey. La, 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 la. You know, first of all, my Eagles lose, and they're going to have to retire the whole damn offensive and defensive line. Mm-hmm. And the secondary can get a job at Piggly Wiggly anytime because they're not coming back either. Um, okay, what do we have in the 1 o'clock hour? One o'clock is our Oilers preview for the game tonight. Okay, so and then we've got Daniel Nugent Bowman. Daniel at one twenty. One twenty, and then are we doing anything at one forty? Well, I figured I would just freestyle rap, but we can figure it out as we go along. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's an open segment. Why don't we freestyle rap with you playing the part of Mrs. Andrews? You want to do like a role play exercise? A little bit. I'd rather just yeah. talk sports. I'd like to hear chalk on, on the show. blackboard and a lot of do it for your family. That could be the title of the song. We, we, yeah, we'll figure something out. Bones has a, a role play he'd like us to work through, and we'll do that next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Time for a sports update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns. The unique lounges and casual settings make it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Eight games in the NHL tonight, including the Oilers at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7 o'clock. Stuart Skinner will be in the starters net. NHL news around the league. Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender Elvis Merzlikens has officially requested a trade from the team. The Chicago Blackhawks signed forward Jason Dickinson to a two-year $8.5 million contract extension. And the Calgary Flames recalled goaltender Dustin Wolf from the AHL's Wranglers. Jacob Markstrom is day-to-day with a lower body injury. Just three games in the NBA today. The Nuggets in Philly at 5.30. The Kings at the Suns at 7. And the Thunder in L.A. to take on the Clippers at 8. NFL news. Following yesterday's 32-9 playoff exit against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Philadelphia Eagles star center and future Hall of Famer Jason Kelsey told his teammates that he will be retiring. Pete Carmichael Jr., the the longest-tenured offensive coordinator in the NFL, will not return as the New Orleans Saints OC in 2024. And senior offensive assistants Bob Bicknell and Cody Burns, who is the wide receivers coach, were also fired by the club. Australian Open action. It was Canadian Rebecca Marino falling in the second round to Jessica Pagula, 6-2, 6-4. And finally, three games in the AJHL today, including the Sherwood Park Crusaders and Blackpool Falls Bulldogs currently in action right now. That one tied at 2-2 as the second period is set to start. Later today, Grand Prairie is in Drumheller at 7 and Brooks in Fort Mac at 7.30. Hour 2 of the Lowdown with Low Tide coming up. I'm Declan Kruger and this has been a Sports 1440 Update.